Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You are listening to The Overwhelmed Brain. Pre-order The Safe System for Social Anxiety by March 15th, 2019, and you'll receive 30% off. After that, it goes full price, so check it out at quietbegins.com. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day, you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to The Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani and I'm here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you stay out of dysfunction and toxicity and be true to your authentic self. Everything I talk about on this show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. And when I tell you that I'm here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can stay out of dysfunction and toxicity and be true to your authentic self, good luck. (laughs) I don't mean to joke about that. It's a serious, serious topic. If you've listened for a while, you know how seriously I take it. But when we step back and look at the reality of that statement (laughs) or that we understand that it's, it's very hard to do because we can work on ourselves forever and we'll still meet people that test and challenge us. And how do we show up when they test and challenge us? And there's the moment that we truly get to test our ability to be our authentic self. We get to test who we are. We get to test ourselves. And with family, we sometimes fail more often. (laughs) With friends, we can sometimes pull it off. With strangers, we can pull it off more often. I'm speaking in general terms for some of us. For me, it's always been family is the hard part. And um, everyone else, I've found different ways. Of course, if you're a people pleaser and you don't want to make anyone upset, you might not express your authentic reaction, your, your authentic reality to them. You might not show up as authentic to them because if you do, you're not sure of the consequences of you being you. So you may not show up that way. And that's the challenge. That is where it's always a work in progress until you're able to do that. And when you're able to do that, you start getting what you want in life. I mean, I know it's not that easy and I just can't say that and it's magic and it'll happen. But you will start getting more of what you want in life when you start showing up, expressing who you are in life, when you are more authentic. When that toxic person shows up in your life and you're able to say, no, because I care about me, I care about the ones I love, I have compassion for myself, I have compassion for those I love, and you are not welcome here. 
I've done this myself. And when you can show up like this to other people that show up as toxic people in your life, then you are forging a new path for your life. Or you can step into old habits and old patterns and old belief systems and old fears and hope that these people don't show up at your doorstep, don't call you, don't appear at uh, gatherings with you. You can hope and pray and wish that they would go away and avoid you for the rest of your life, but it usually doesn't happen because there hasn't been a stop put to it. And, you know, stopping it can be hard, if not impossible sometimes with certain people. But if you attempt to put a stop to it, they can even make your life harder. So this is why some people don't do it. I choose to do it with people that I don't want to associate with anymore. Toxic family, toxic people. I don't want them in my life. It's not that I don't have a conversation with them, most of them, (laughs) when they show up as toxic. I'll say, hey, your behavior is unacceptable. Please change that behavior or go away. Or I will leave. Again, I make it sound simple, but it's not. It was one of the hardest steps I've ever had to take in my life, especially with someone that I lived with most of my childhood up to my late teens. When my stepfather showed up and he was the most toxic person in my life, that's usually the hardest person to express your boundaries to and be authentic with. But the beauty of it, when you can do that with the person that might be the scariest person to do it with, everyone else is a little bit easier. It's not easy, but everyone else is not as difficult as that person. But it gives you some strength inside. It empowers you to know that you just did something for you or your kids or your brother or your sister, your mom, your dad. If you have other people involved and you stand up not only for yourself, but for other people, it feels really good. It's scary as heck, but it feels really good. And when you do it and you get past it and you survive, you realize, oh, I didn't die. Oh, everything I thought was going to happen didn't. Or everything I thought was going to happen did and I'm still here. I did it. I can do it again. It gets easier inside in your own belief in yourself. It's just not as fast of a transition to external behavior. So when you are facing something that you know you can do, it's just doing it has those consequences that you maybe don't want to face. And um, I've said before that every time you face it, face the consequences and just do it, it's almost always not as bad as you think it's going to be. But it's not always true, right? It's not always true that it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. Sometimes it's worse. Sometimes you realize that you shouldn't have said anything at all because you just made it worse. But I'm here to ask you, is it really worse? Is it really worse to be yourself, to say what you need to say for you, for those you love, to say something that honors you and those you love? Because I tell you what, if you have a high level value, if you value yourself and others more than the toxic person in your life, then standing up for you, regardless of the consequences, in my opinion, is almost always the right thing to do. I say almost because some people are so toxic that they can make your life a living hell. And I don't want that to happen to you because sometimes you just need to get away from those types of people. If you're dealing with someone that you know your life is going to be so much more difficult 
if you are yourself around them, then you need to ask yourself if that's where you want to be, somewhere where you can't be yourself. If you are somewhere where you can't be yourself, then how do you enjoy life? How do you enjoy the day-to-day? And I know some people are saying absolutely right. I, I can't enjoy the day-to-day. I can't enjoy my life because so-and-so is in it. And this is where difficult decisions take place and sometimes impossible decisions. If I leave, then this will happen and that's impossible. I can't deal with that. Or that's not going to work for me because my loved ones will be in trouble or in danger. There's all of these beliefs that we have that we're often convinced will happen, especially by the toxic person. And, and when you're convinced by the toxic person that it will happen, then your belief system has its origins in the wrong place. I don't think I said that right, but you get what I mean. You are building a belief system based on a source that is not credible a source that does not have your best interest in mind. It's deceptive. It's manipulative. It's why I have the Love and Abuse podcast. It's abusive. And to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't have your best interest in mind and you're always looking for better in them, for the good in them, for the empathy in them, and they never show it, it's time to realize that that pattern's not going to change. And if they change every now and then and there's a roller coaster, well, they show up good and then they show up bad and then they show up good and then they show up bad. That is the pattern. That's how it will be. And that's not generally, quote, normal average behavior that you should get used to. That's not how it works. What I look at as normal is when you're in a relationship where, yes, you can have disagreements, but Disagreements shouldn't affect your self-worth, your self-esteem, your trust in each other, your trust in yourself, your overall happiness. Disagreements, they come and go. It's when they get really deep and hurtful and emotionally abusive that it becomes a problem. And now your relationship is deteriorating with anyone that I'm talking about here, family, friends, partners. It's very similar to what I talked about, uh, I think, on the last episode where tiny little compromises lead to resentments. And you keep doing these little tiny compromises. You keep not showing up as your fully, fully authentic self. Uh, You take away a part of you each time you do that and you become less happy because of it. Because happiness, really, if I were to define that right now, it's going to be a little different than the way I've defined it before, but thinking about it now is that happiness is the expression of your full authenticity. I mean, that's what leads you to more happiness. And unhappiness is when you're around people that you don't feel comfortable expressing your full authenticity, your fully authentic self. And so if you want to be happy, then you ask yourself the question, what would I do or say if I didn't care about the consequences? What would I do in this moment regardless of the consequences? What would I say to that person if I had no fear? What would I do or say if I chose to do or say it before the fear kicked in? All these important deep questions that will help you access a truth in you that leads to a happier, more peaceful place in you. Because if you take out the consequences, the consequences are what we fear. The consequences are what happen to us when we make decisions that honor ourselves. 
and other people don't agree with them. And when other people don't agree with us honoring ourselves, who are these people? Why are they not supportive of us? Why are they against us wanting to honor ourselves? People who love you should honor you honoring yourself, even if they disagree, even if they disagree with what you want to do for yourself. Honey, I want to paint my car red with um, cheap spray paint that I get at the uh, hardware store. <laughs> uh, wow, why? <laughs> why do you want to paint your car red? I don't know. I just like the color red. It would make me happy. All right, it's your car. If you want to paint your car red, I, I think it's a silly idea, but if it makes you happy. Wow, thank you for saying that. That feels really good. I'm going to go get the spray paint now. That's an extreme example, but I bet it happens. <laughs> I bet it can happen. Uh, I don't know if the support would be there because somebody might say, well, maybe you should take it to a professional and maybe that conversation should take place, but maybe not. Maybe something like that would make the person happy. And by doing it, every time he or she looks at their car, they see the color red and they go, wow, I'm so glad I painted that car. I really love looking at it. Gives them a good feeling. I think I'd rather be with someone who gets that good feeling every time they look at their car instead of getting a bad feeling every time they look at me and they're upset that I didn't want them to do it. And again, that's an extreme example, but you know, let's use it. Why not? Because this kind of stuff happens. Honey, I want to put the couch over there instead of over here. I'm really excited to do that. I think it'll look great. All right, let's find out what it looks like. Oh, thank you so much. Let's do it. And then they'll find out if they like it or not. You may not like it. You may say, I don't like it over there. It just doesn't feel good to me. But if you have a relationship where the other person supports your happiness and you honoring yourself, they're going to see you're kind of disappointed in it. And maybe you can have a conversation about where it should go. Or maybe it'll move back because you'll, you can both be happy there. But that's like the perfect world. You know, you can do what you need to do for yourself and then you have a conversation about it and you reach a good agreement that you can both be okay with. And that's a nice way to go about things. It doesn't always work that way though. We know that. But imagine if it could. Imagine if it could always work out that way. Imagine if you didn't feel ownership of someone else. Imagine if your judgments didn't get in the way with someone else's decisions. Imagine if your opinions didn't matter as much as someone else's happiness. This is just food for thought. I'm not trying to make you change the way you are now. I'm just putting stuff out there to help you remember how it feels when people do that for you. Because when someone does that for you, when someone supports you, even though they may think, wow, that's probably the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> but they still say, you know what? Go for it because you're just excited about it. You're so happy about it. I want to see you go through with this because it just seems to really light you up. And I love seeing you lit up. And that's what's probably most important to me. You see that on movies with the perfect family. Well, son, if that's what makes you happy, I will support you. And you look at that and go, gee, I wish I could have that. You can. It just takes practice. It takes work. It takes a lot of humbleness. It takes a lot of letting go of judgments and opinions. It takes a lot. <laughs> it takes a lot to get there so that you don't step in your own way and get the glare from someone else that's upset with you and now is not as open as they could be with you because you decided to put your foot down because you weren't going to have it because I have these old judgments and I have these old beliefs that no one should act this way and 
and I don't want to be embarrassed in our neighborhood with that spray-painted car and this and this and this, and then the other person feels alone and unsupported. Even if their idea was terrible, they'll never be able to figure out if it was a good idea or not because they never got to implement it, which means all they have to blame is the person that put them down for it or discouraged them from doing it. I'm not saying some ideas won't be dangerous and you might want to step in and say, look, you know, I I don't recommend you cleaning the fireplace with gasoline, but that's just me. (laughs) But let me remind you that gasoline is quite flammable and uh, it might cause a problem when we go to light a fire. (laughs) So you might actually have to put your foot down on that one. There might be times where you have to do that. But in general, How many things are so important that we have to be the bad guy and say, no, you can't do that. I refuse. When it's just something that they want to do for themselves, that really doesn't affect us, except maybe how people look at us, or maybe how we feel we're being defied, or our authorities being questioned, or we believe we're the smart one and they're not smart, so we need to set them straight. Again, this is all just food for thought. This is all just philosophical thinking. I'm not telling you to change anything. Just to keep it in mind as you go throughout your days and weeks and years. Because sometimes you just want to be around people that are happy. And it's even better when they're happy because of you. Because you allowed them to be their fully authentic self. That's pretty cool. If someone can look to you and say, wow, you let me be me. That's the best feeling in the world. That makes me happy. Thank you. And I tell you what, when you get a taste of that, then you start to want it more in your life and you start to recognize toxic behavior. You start to recognize poisonous communication. You start to realize what you don't want in your life and you do your best to keep that stuff out. And then life can change for the better. Again, easy to say, sometimes hard to implement, but well worth it when you can. We'll be right back. funny we're creating the uh, safe system for social anxiety right now we're actually going through the production process and listening to all the recordings that we have you know we have put together a lot of stuff not only my uh, talking through it and there's some meditation elements to it but there's also what we call learning pods and those are, are just the practical suggestions that you can do for yourself some homework that you can do for yourself to prevent social anxiety from happening in your life to minimize it to the point where it's not running your life anymore. It's just either a part of your life that is under more control or completely disappeared altogether. But what's funny is that um, some of the contributors of the program have wildly, vastly different ideas. And at first I thought, oh, I, I can't have all these people with different thoughts and sometimes opposing views of getting rid of social anxiety. But I remember that these people got out of their social anxiety using the methods they described. And just because their method might be entirely different and even opposing someone else's method, another contributor's method, 
that doesn't mean that both don't work for someone out there. And this is what makes me very excited about this system is because you're going to hear all different viewpoints, all different ways to conquer and overcome your social anxiety so that it's not a problem anymore. And I want to make sure that I connect with everyone. Everyone that needs this deserves to hear it all so that they can discern, so that they can decide what works for them. And so I'm, I'm really excited about the product. And uh, if you are experiencing any level of social anxiety, we're getting ready to push it out the door. Um, the cutoff date for the pre-orders at the discount is um, March 15th, 2019. And uh, after that, the product goes at full price. So if you're interested in getting that, you can listen to the samples and pre-order it for 30% off today at quietbegins.com. The whole thing is an audio system. So if you're listening to this, you're probably one of those people that prefer audio so that you can listen to it everywhere you go. You don't have to be sitting in front of a computer watching a video or anything like that. You can play it anytime, anywhere. Go to quietbegins.com. Welcome back. I'm going to read you a quick email. It's a one-liner. This is a good one. (laughs) This person writes, The root word for decisive is decide, not decive. Paul says decisive, which is not a word. Please correct. Thanks. (laughs) Yes, it's true. I used to say decisive. I've probably said that up until a few hours ago when I read this email (laughs) because that's how I heard it when I was younger and I never, I don't think ever heard anyone else say it. And if I did hear, it probably didn't register for me. So to the person who wrote this and corrected that, I love when people correct me because I don't like going around sounding like an idiot. (laughs) So thank you for that correction. It reminds me of when I was um, taking classical guitar lessons. I took it for two years and I really respected and admired my, my teacher. And he was very eloquent and articulate. And he spoke very good English, very well English, very good English. And uh, he used to say irregardless. And every time I heard it, I cringed. And for those of you that don't realize that's not a word, as far as I know, it still hasn't made it into the dictionary. If it has, then call me wrong again. But for the longest time, irregardless was not a word. Because once you regard something and then you make it regardless, you're already saying irregard. (laughs) Not that that's a word, but uh, you're already saying regardless, so you don't have to add the ear, which kind of puts the uh, opposite spin on it, again, making it a double negative. So I don't have to explain that to you because the TOB audience is brilliant, and you send me messages like, it's decisive, not decisive. (laughs) And I get it. Now I get it. You're right. It reminds me of some of the uh, corrections my girlfriend made. I don't know if this is because I grew up in the in New England, Massachusetts, New Hampshire. I don't know if there's just different uh, ways to say things or we got it from British England. But I used to say things like, um, instead of plethora, I would say plethora. I would say decorative instead of decorative. I don't know where I got these things. It wasn't taught in English class that way. I just probably heard some people say it. And I just repeated it from there. 
and then I never heard it again. Or I just thought maybe somebody else said it wrong and I say it right. But if you're never exposed to the word again, you don't really think about it. So you're going to hear me say things like that every now and then. Um, Hopefully I'm nabbing these one at a time. Like I had somebody write to me and say, it's not naivety. (laughs) It's naivete or something like that. And I had to look it up and do some research and realized, oh, yes, it is naivete. And uh, that corrected that. And for the most part, I get 0.00001% emails that correct me on something. And I always appreciate them. I never take offense. Uh, I want you to tell me. Another thing that somebody told me was they hated that I said the word like before I quoted someone. They were telling me like, hey, take the car. And I was like, okay, I will. And they were like, "Uh, put gas in it before you go. And I was like, okay, I'll put gas in it. They hated it. They hated the word like. And it's funny, I never thought about it. It was just very subconscious. And that made me more aware of it. That made me fix it more times than not, but I still do it. And I realized that my girlfriend does it a lot. And I noticed it after this person mentioned it to me. And I realized, oh, that's why I can't really get rid of it because other people around me talk like that. So it's harder than normal. But I pay attention and I I hear you. I feel when you cringe when I say things, certain things a certain way. So as your verbal servant in a way out here in the world, uh, I am doing my best and I will continue to do my best. I never want to make you cringe and I do want to sound smarter than I am. (laughs) So let's hope I do. Uh, Oh, uh, one last thing. I did look up the word decide. I looked up the etymology of decide and deciding and decisive, (laughs) decisive, and found out that the word comes from something called decider or something like that, some Latin word. And uh, they're all long eyes, decide, decider. Uh, but I also found a word, deciduous. And I was like, wait a minute, is that deciduous? And I looked it up and it wasn't. It was deciduous. So was, I've been saying that correctly. However, it derives from decider. And I thought, hmm, that gives me some credibility. <laughs> so... I was going from the original Latin meaning, not really, but I thought I had some fun with it. So I'm sure somebody out there is like, yes, but deciduous means falling off and decide means coming to or something like that. Someone's going to say something about it, but that's okay. I find the etymology of words interesting. And after studying the origin of a word, it actually helps me pronounce it more correctly, hopefully. So there you go. You probably won't hear me say decisive anymore. And if you do, hopefully you won't hold it against me. (laughs) I appreciate you. Thank you for writing in and telling me that because it makes me a better communicator. And I definitely want to be a better communicator, especially because I have a big responsibility. I have to sound at least somewhat intelligent out here to a much more brilliant audience. Yes, I believe you are brilliant. Yes, I believe you are intelligent. Otherwise, I would get much, much different emails. (laughs) Thank you again. And I'm going to address an email really quick. It's a short email and it has probably not much to do with what we've been talking about today, but maybe let's find out. Uh, This person writes, since my husband refuses to be honest about the affair with his brother's wife, no matter what proof I have besides seeing them together with my own eyes, how do I get past the pain? Our kids are very young. They tell me they saw them together, but of course they were called liars and the brother's wife refuses to speak to me or be in the same place. Well, Thank you for writing that. I'm going to call you Sandy. Sandy, 
uh, wrote, um, how do I get past the pain? And yeah, I think I can tie this into what I've already talked about, Sandy. What is it that you're not doing that you want to do? Because right now, um, you know, I talked about in the other segment that when you're around people that are toxic to you and you don't make the decision to either rectify that toxicity, talk about it, discuss it. If you can't talk about it and get to a resolution with it, then what are you doing instead of what are you saying? Because right now it sounds like it's all talk. Like I can't get past the pain because you're saying that, um, my husband refuses to be honest with me. So right now you're making the decision and I know I'm simplifying this, so please forgive me, but you're making the decision to stay with someone you know is dishonest with you. So this kind of has to become your new belief system that this person is dishonest and will always be dishonest. And if you don't make it part of your belief system and you don't see it as a pattern in this person that will never change, then all you're doing is torturing yourself. You're waiting for something different to come out of him when he has shown that that's not going to happen, that he is not either capable of it or simply doesn't want to be honest with you. Our brains put us into this frenzy, this recycling frenzy, looking for closure. I must have closure. He must be honest with me. I won't rest until he gives me the truth, even though you already have the truth. But I need to justify my thoughts. I need I need closure on this. I need for him to admit what he's done. Let's just say that you never get it. Let's just say that that never, ever happens. What are you going to do? Let's put that in your reality right now. This will never, ever happen. Him telling me the truth will never happen, ever. Now that you have this in your reality, what are you going to do? There's a couple ways to go. You can say, well... I'll just accept that uh, he'll never tell me and I'll continue living with this liar. How does that make you feel if you take that road? Because if you don't feel happy about it, then why are you doing it? I know there are people out there yelling at me saying, yeah, but what about the kids? I don't have any money. I don't have any support. I don't have any. I know. I know. I'm not saying it won't be hard. I'm not saying it won't be impossible. All I want you to do is answer the question in yourself. What are you going to do with this new acceptance that he will never tell you the truth? He'll never change. Because if you choose to accept that as the truth, your brain usually lets you off the hook with the closure thing. You still want closure, but at least it doesn't become this obsessive day-to-day pattern that you're in waiting for him to do something differently or to reveal all. You get out of that cycle, that obsession cycle. And when you get out of the obsession cycle, then your brain finally is clear enough to do something different, or you can say something different. But almost always what it comes down to is you facing yourself. Well, if he never tells the truth, what would I do then? Or if I know he's cheated and I don't like living with a liar and a cheater, that means I have to do something about it, but I don't want to do something about it. That's too much work. That's too much effort. That's too much pain. That's too much, you know... Whatever it is, it's too much of something that you can't handle, so you want somebody else to do it for you. That might be a little unfair. I don't mean to be unfair. I'm just helping you face yourself, helping you face the potentiality that you are going to have to do something 
and stop waiting for somebody else to do something. This is where we take steps into our true authentic self. What would you do if you knew that was the truth? What would you do if there were no consequences? What would you do if you had no fear? I say this time and time again, and maybe you should listen to the love and abuse podcast that I do on emotional abuse and poisoned communication, that when there's not enough loss for the person that you're dealing with, for lack of a better term, uh, for the person that you're with, there's not enough loss, there's not enough accountability, there's no reason for them to change. There's no reason for them to come clean. There's no reason. What is the accountability? Have you said, look, if you don't come clean, I'm leaving. If you said that, what would he say? Would he say, okay, fine. And then do you do it? Do you actually leave? Or do you go, well, I'm going to leave if you don't. And you kind of make excuses. Because if that's the case, then he knows that you're never going to leave. He knows that you're either too scared or too alone. And, and maybe he set you up that way. Maybe he isolated you from friends and family and support. And now you feel stuck. And sometimes it really does come down to how far you're willing to go to show that he will be accountable for his behavior, for his actions, because you're tired of exposing yourself to this toxicity. When you have radioactive material, you can only expose yourself to it for so long before you start getting burned, before you start getting sick. And if you never get yourself away from the radioactive material, you're just going to be sick all the time. But when the person realizes there's true accountability for their behavior and they want to keep the relationship with you and you actually follow through with what you say you're going to do, hey, if you don't tell me the truth, I'm out of here or I'm going to stay at my sister's for a month or I'm going to file for divorce or I'm going to tell mom and dad, you know, whatever it is, you need to make the follow through. Otherwise, they still have control. They still know that you're not really going to do what you say you're going to do and that keeps them safe. And then they're in control the whole time. And, and then you start to lose faith and then you're back to where you were and you're, you just continue feeling sick. In my personal opinion, speaking for myself, I know I'm a man. It's a lot different for women in a lot of cases, but speaking for myself, if I'm in a relationship and I have a lot of dependencies on the person I'm with and leaving meant I'd be sleeping in my car because I was so damn clear about my integrity and my dignity and I refuse to let anyone take advantage of that, yeah, I would be sleeping in my car. I would find a way to let them know that I am absolutely serious. This isn't my advice. This is my personal opinion. Because integrity and character and personal honor is one of my top values. And when someone crosses that line, I'm not going to sit by idly while that gets corroded. I will not allow myself to get corroded like that. But that's tough. It's, a, it's tough for a lot of people to do. I don't mean to just focus on women, but there's a lot more women out there that feel like they're stuck in relationships or situations. They feel powerless. They may not have the financial security. They grew up in the old ways they were, that were passed down from generation to generation. There's a lot of women out there. There's a lot of men out there too that are in this situation. But I'm not knocking you down if you know you need to do something, but you can't. I'm just trying to instill that seed of motivation, that seed of fire that might need to ignite inside of you to make decisions that are right for you, that are right for the ones you love so that you take action and take steps that you need to take 
so that you're not continuously exposed to some sort of toxic behavior from someone else. Not getting stuck in that obsessive, where's the closure, where's the closure, I need closure uh, pattern so that you can move on with your life. Because you may never find the closure if you're waiting for someone else to change. You may never find it, which means you have to create your own closure. And sometimes that means closing one door to open another. And yes, there might be a mystery. Why did he ever treat me that way? Why did he lie to me? And that mystery may just have to remain a mystery, just like, is there life on other planets? How far does the universe go? Is there a God? Some of these are mysteries to some people. Some people know what they know and believe what they believe and have faith. But when it's a mystery, you either obsess about it or come to a conclusion on it. And sometimes you need to conclude things in your life so you can move on. And when it's a repeated pattern that you're experiencing day after day that makes you unhappy, moving on from that pattern in some way, shape, or form is sometimes the best thing you can do. It's hard at first. You'll reach the peak of pain and fear, and then you get over the peak, and then you start the downhill trek, and it's a little bit easier every day. Yes, I know I'm simplifying a lot. Just planting a seed for you today. A seed that can blossom into something that really propels you and motivates you to do something if you're in this space I'm talking about. I appreciate you. Thank you for joining me today. We'll be right back. Say some goodbyes and my final words after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to remind you to head over to quietbegins.com to pre-order the safe system at 30% off. That's if you are having any issues with social anxiety. Maybe that's exactly what you need. Quietbegins.com. And I want to remind you of the Love and Abuse podcast. I mentioned that uh, one or two times on this episode. That is another podcast that I do if you appreciate the teachings here and you want to learn more about toxic communication, poisonous behavior, difficult relationships and emotional abuse and manipulation and coercion, all of that stuff can be found at loveandabuse.com and in iTunes and other podcast players. Just look for the podcast Love and Abuse. And I want to thank uh, iTunes reviewer Annie ULG. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but that person says that uh, this podcast is the best. I love it. It's my favorite, and I'm always looking forward to another episode and listen to some even twice. And they go on, and I am so grateful for the review. Thank you so much. It's very kind of you to take that time to write that. And I know other people have written reviews and other podcast websites and things like that, and I do read them. I eventually get to all of them. I just can't um, announce them all. There's a lot there, but know that I am seeing them, and I appreciate you for writing them. I also want to thank Sandra. Sandra sent a donation to the show, and I sent her a private voice message that um, I hope she got by now. Thank you, Sandra, so much. I am grateful for you. And anyone that donates to the show or uses the patron program as a sustaining member, a sustaining contributor to the show, you can go to patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com to support the show that way. And I give back there, too. You get a lot of private episodes, private workbooks and worksheets, and a, a video archive. All kinds of uh, good resources there that can help you along your personal growth journey. And uh, it's a great way to show your support as well. So check it out, patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. And of course, anyone that uses the donate button at theoverwhelmedbrain.com 
and even the Amazon button, which when you purchase through that button on the website, it um, sends a little back to the show as well. So that's another way to support if you're going to shop on Amazon anyway. And finally, I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And it's so funny. I've got a little story here talking about authenticity and showing up as your true self. I was at a department store and um, they have this greeter at the front. And uh, I decided to stop and ask her a question about where something was or something. And um, as I was talking to her, someone came up behind her and just started talking to her out loud, interrupting the conversation that we were having. And he was asking where to find something. And I said, without thinking, I just looked at him and said, excuse me, I'm still talking. Uh, Could you wait a moment? And when I said it, I was like, whoa, where did that come from? (laughs) Because my old passive self, the one who would swallow some negativity thinking, wow, why is this guy just interrupting us? Can't he wait his turn? That old passive self wasn't there. And I usually carry that around just in case I need it. (laughs) It's as weird as that sounds, but it's true. Sometimes you just have to know that people are going to be who they are and you just show up as the calm Buddha or whatever and wait your turn, even though you were first and just see what happens. You know, okay, I'll be calm and just allow this to be, but I wasn't that person. This just happened the other day. This person interrupted my conversation. I was asking the same question. Where is such and such? And he came up and didn't think twice to say, excuse me for the interruption. He didn't say anything like that. He just interrupted. And so my authentic self kicked in and said what I said. Uh, Excuse me, I'm still talking here. Just give me a moment. And I said it in an assertive, not angry way. I just said it in an assertive way. And it surprised me, even though I'm practiced this stuff all the time and I think I have pretty healthy boundaries and I think it's okay to be authentic. It still surprised me that it came out. And um, after we finished our conversation, he ended up leaving, going to find another associate and uh, I finished my conversation with the uh, the front door person, uh, the greeter. And I went back to my girlfriend and I said, you know, something just happened and I have these weird feelings about it. And I told her what happened and she said, well, you, you had every right to say that. And I said, I know, but I have these weird feelings about it. And she goes, what do you mean? What do you feel? And I said, I don't know. I feel like um, I was a bit aggressive. And I feel like uh, maybe I, I was kind of rude. And she had to remind me that what I did was perfectly normal and perfectly within my rights and within my boundaries and valuing myself, honoring myself, honoring my boundaries. But I thought to myself, it was so uncharacteristically me, which really wasn't true. But the feeling I got made me feel like it was true. I don't mind being confrontational, but in that moment, Just something about it made me feel like it was more confrontational than I normally would have been. But um, I had to process it for a few minutes. And it stuck with me for a while. And I finally came to the point where I realized I've gotten so used to honoring myself and saying what I mean and saying what I feel. Not necessarily all the time, but when it comes time to do it. In a moment where I feel like a boundary or a value or something is being violated, I've come so used to doing that, that I think it surprised me that it came out so easily. Now, this is good. (laughs) This is a good thing because I've been practicing it. 
I practice honoring myself. I practice being authentic. I practice what it's like to say what I really mean and deal with the consequences as they, as they come. Because I want to know what happens. I want to know what happens so I can tell you what happens when I do this stuff. Just in case you have issues doing this yourself. And over and over again, I find out that what I think is going to happen doesn't. And I even found myself, after this guy interrupted and he went to see another associate, when I finished my conversation, I was going to go over to him and say, Hey, I'm done. You can go back and talk with her. But that felt like my old people-pleasing self. Like I really needed to make peace with him. That I really needed to say I'm sorry. I felt that coming up in me. And I sort of stopped myself. Well, I did stop myself. And I didn't approach him. And I really had to own it. And that was hard. You know, I've, I've been doing this for years. And it's still hard to just own that and say, Damn right, you interrupted me, so you have to wait your turn. I mean, that's what my thought is. I didn't say that, but that's how I felt. But to actually own it, that was another feeling. That was another level of personal boundaries and personal honor to really get into that space of, yes, I was right in that moment and what I did was okay. And the way I stood up for myself was okay. And the feeling of confrontation was okay. Everything about that was okay because when I rewound it and replayed it back in my mind, I could see I did nothing wrong. I just had a little insecurity that came up in me. And when I realized, okay, that insecurity is more of the issue than anything here, then that is something I need to look at. That is something I need to work on. And it's not that I'm going to be confrontational or assertive or even aggressive with anybody just because I can. But I think the reason I'm sharing this is because Eventually, you get to the point where you have no problem acting in the way that you need to act in a very authentic way when you've allowed yourself to do it before, when you've allowed yourself to believe it is okay to be yourself. It is okay to show up as that person. And, you know, I can't guarantee that you're always going to have a positive reaction. I can't guarantee that it's always going to, going to work out. But I like to look at it this way. At least I did the right thing for me. I really like to look at it that way. I want you to do the right thing for you all the time. It may not always work out. You may be writing me, writing to me one day and said, I did the right thing and this person yelled at me and now, I'm, now I've lost my job and I got a divorce. You may, <laughs> no, I hope not. I hope you never have to write to me and say that that's what happened unless you tell me it was the best damn thing that I ever could have done for myself. That would be a great letter. I hope I don't get the opposite and said that was the worst thing I could have done for myself and now I live on the street and nobody loves me and it was all your fault. I, I don't want to get that message. That's why I just share what I've gone through and give you an opportunity to try it on for yourself. Experiment if you want. Just as you do, keep an open mind. This will allow you to step into your power so that you can be firm in your decisions and actions no matter what they are. This will help you create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing.
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.